All right, what is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams, Weapons of High Performance Podcast. This is going to be episode two. Today, we're going to be talking about fasting. And if you don't know what fasting is, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. It's basically just not eating, going extended periods without eating. But if you don't or haven't heard about the health benefits and you've been living under a rock, I'm going to kind of just give a brief overview of what all the health benefits of fasting are, how it can benefit your life in more ways than just physical health. And we're just going to give a brief overview of what it is, why it's healthy. Like I said, you can not go anywhere on the internet, especially in the health and fitness or self-improvement space, and not hear the word fasting or hear somebody talk about what fasting is. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But I, what I do want to do is give my experience with fasting and kind of help go through what I thought was tough at first about it and then how I transitioned to really making that a habit in my life and what is different in my life now that I do fast a lot and uh, why I think it's necessary in order to be a high performer. A lot of high performing people do fast, but I think there's something that once you nail down that as a habit in your life, that's going to change all the other areas of your life. So there's certain things, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this is a, one of the earlier episodes in the podcast is because fasting it creates second, third, fourth order consequences. So when you do fasting, other things are going to fall into place. You're going to find yourself performing at a higher level in other areas because of that. So that's why I think it's so important. And I'll probably talk about this in future episodes to come. But this one, I really want to give a brief overview and just dedicate it to fasting completely. <clears throat> so fasting basically is going to be an extended period of time without eating. And some people will say, oh, you fast for 12 hours. In my opinion, and there's this is obviously going to be up to interpretation for everybody else, um, you can call fasting whatever you want. I don't think going 12, outer, 12 hours without eating would be necessarily considered fasting. I would consider that what you would just need to do every day. It's important that you let your stomach have time to go without digesting food. So some people will say, well, I fast for 12 hours. In my opinion, that's not really what would be considered fasting. You're not going to be getting the health benefits of what quote-unquote fasting actually is for just doing 12 hours. So also, side note, this is the first video. So the first episode is just going to be audio. I will upload that to YouTube, but there's going to be an audio version of just this for the podcast, but I'm also doing a video for YouTube edition. So if you're listening to the podcast, this will also be on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, there will also be an audio version of this available in the podcast. But anyway, that's out of the way. So um, like I was saying, 12 hours is not really what I would consider a fast. That's just something that you need to make sure that you're doing every day in between the time that you finish dinner until your next meal. I think that's a bare minimum what everybody needs to be doing because your stomach has to have time to clean out food and restore not only the rest of your body, but just have time for your stomach to recover and not be digesting food. So like I said, 12 hours, not really considered a fast. But from there, any time after that would get into what we would call fasting. So in my experience, 
18 hours is really going to be, especially if you're a male, you're going to bare minimum need to go at least in, at least 18 hours to get the benefits of fasting. But I think around like the 16, a lot of people will talk about the intermittent, intermittent fasting where they'll do 16 hours without eating and then an eight hour feeding window, which is better than nothing. But I think that's more, that's kind of like the, the bare minimum that you would need to reap any sort of benefit. And then really for males is getting into the later stage of the 18, 21, 24 hour fast. But what I want to go over right now is some of the different impacts of fasting on different facets. So we'll go over mental health and why it matters for mental health. Then also physical, there's a plethora of different areas that can help in terms of your physical health. But um, we'll look at those and kind of see, okay, what does drive? So I have a few notes that I'll go over. Um, <clears throat> one most importantly, I think, like I talked about in this terms of like habit forming with fasting, uh, one of the most important benefits that I had written down was fasting can eliminate cravings for overstimulating food. So things that are in our brain that have these dopamine traps where we get hooked into it because it's like has a bunch of trans fats or it hits all the sensors in our brain. And what I, what I mean is foods that might be like pizza. So it's high in carbohydrates, it's high in fat, it's high in sugar, even though a lot of people don't think pizza is high in sugar. So it's hitting all of these different macronutrient centers in our brain that we get a really good dopamine response when we're eating it. So I don't know, I have grown up like food was a big part of my family growing up. And it was always used as a reward for holidays, anytime you had success, anything like that. But you get that instant feeling when you put the food in your mouth of, wow, this, I mean, it's just, it's just like a rush. It's almost like, not that I've ever done drugs, but like shooting up. So it's like when you put that in your mouth, it's, man, this is amazing. And uh, I think what fasting can do is when you're away from food for a long time, those types of foods don't become as crave you don't have the the craving that those foods would necessarily derive and i could i mean this, i'm not basing this off necessarily a scientific journal but this is my opinion and my experience of doing it is that when you go longer periods of time without those foods your microbiota actually changes so the stomach bacteria and everything actually has time to clean up and uh you don't, the way I think about my stomach is just because I've had stomach problems my whole life is it's actually an organism itself. So you have bacteria in your stomach. And when you feed those bacteria, those types of foods like pizza, ice cream, things that are high in fat, high in sugar, that really, the, they simulate the same macronutrient ratio as breast milk. So that's why, another reason we have such a dopamine response to it. But um, when you're removing those foods for an extended period of time, really any food, but especially those foods for an extended period of time, you're killing the cravings. And so what you're doing is changing your stomach biome to actually not want those things. So if you think about, okay, I'm going to take this away from my living organism, which is the stomach, and you don't feed it those things, it's not going to want those things. And fasting kind of goes hand in hand in that. So not only removing those foods, but removing any food altogether for an extended period of time it reduces the cravings 
those type of food because your stomach does have time to clean up and everything. Um, also, this is one thing and kind of something that I've probably experienced a decent bit in my life is the association with binge eating. So a lot of people, I know especially for me, have a thing where you just will get in these moods where you just want to go binge eating like crazy. And fasting can really rewire your brain to not want to do that because you get detached from this idea that you're just desperate for food. So that you're just like gung-ho in a mood where you're not going to stop. And the, the way I think of it is like kind of like a drug junkie if you stop at a gas station late at night or something. If, I don't know if you've ever done this while you're traveling. And then all of a sudden you're your brain just tells you I need all this junk food and everything. So I think that there's something that is going on with fasting that it changes this type of behavior because you become separate, your brain becomes separate from food. So once you move your brain away from being hooked into, okay, I need food every three hours on the hour. And that's in like, the bodybuilding culture all the way to just normal people where there's this idea that we need food every few hours to keep us fueled. Um, once your brain is removed from that, you start to see food as just more of something that your body needs in order to function properly, but you don't get this desperate feeling around it and you don't get this incessant need to like, okay, I'm putting food in my body and more importantly with binge eating, you realize food is something that your body is going to use to fuel itself, but you don't need to harm your body by putting too much into it. So like I said, I don't know if that makes sense or you can kind of resonate with it. And again, depending on your experience with fasting, you may say, oh yeah, I definitely feel the same thing. You might not have any idea what I'm talking about. But like I said, I would really recommend to at least start to get in the habit of trying this and then from there, see what I'm talking about. So see, especially if you've ever had problems with binge eating, see how it kind of dissociates this need to eat a bunch of food because you see food is more of an object rather than something that your body just needs around the clock. So um, also, this is something, I mean, definitely that I've experienced. And again, that everybody's experience is gonna be a little bit different. But I think there's something to be said for fasting and your mood levels. And what I think is going on is probably the result of being in ketosis. You don't have these insulin spikes where you're eating food throughout the day. So your blood glucose is just kind of level the whole entire day. And when you give your time, you give your body time to get into ketosis and not have this up and down movement of going through uh, insulin spikes throughout the day and then you eat food and you feel good and then two hours later you crash and then you eat more food and you feel good and two hours later you crash. Um, I think there's something to be said for the mood because this is my experience as well is whenever you're fasting, your mood is kind of straight. It's just kind of flat line. You're not down, but you're, you don't have like a mania high either, which can happen. I know for me, like if I eat a meal with a lot of gluten or something, you get like gluten high or have something where you're just like kind of like mania 
and you're all over the place, and then like an hour or two later, or a meal with a lot of sugar, kind of the same thing in principle. So you don't have these swings, it just kind of stabilizes your mood. And why that's important is, it's not like it turns you into a robot or anything like that, but when you're going throughout the day and you might have challenges at work or with family or whatever, your ability to respond to things becomes a lot more calculated and controlled to where you're not responding to things because your brain's not in the chemical state of where you might be like in an insulin crash. And so you don't have this kind of uh, wild mood swing around whatever the circumstances of your life make up. So something bad may happen at work and because I'm fasting or I'm in ketosis or anything like that, my response is going to be, okay, well, we'll take that in stride and then go from there. Whereas if you compound the neurochemical state that your brain's going to be in from having just eaten a meal or you may be kind of tired and feeling uh, like you want to take a nap or whatever, these th things that come and get thrown at you in your life, I think it's easier to respond to those things when you've been in a fasting state and kind of um, evened out your mood. And I think I've, I really think it goes back to ketosis and to where your brain is firing on all cylinders and you're not necessarily in a state where you're reacting because of the type of food you've eaten. So anyway, um, there's all kinds of studies too, moving on with some of the brain stuff that um, fasting can help improve. And I wonder about this with a lot of the Alzheimer's and dementia that's coming out now. And again, I think a lot is still yet to be discovered when it comes to these things, but there's all types of studies when they've done controlled samples of things that uh, fasting improve learning and memory. So I think that's definitely the case. And again, I think it goes back to one, if you look at how your body is processing food throughout the day, the amount of energy drain that that causes. So the amount of energy that your body's actually ex ex using to digest the food, when you take that aside and you let your body just be natural and not have any food into it, energy can go into other things. And not only is that in the physical, but also in your mental, when you have your brain function and everything, I think there's something about controlling your glucose levels and all these insulin spikes to where your brain is actually ever to, able to process data at a higher level because it's not sending signals to the rest of your body that you have to waste a bunch of energy to digest food in order to move it around. And so think about throughout the day, how many people they wake up and they eat breakfast and they eat two hours later and then they eat lunch and they eat a snack and they eat dinner. If you look at the energy expenditure, and I'm not sure the exact percentage of what your total body energy expenditure is and what goes to digestion, but your body is spending a lot of time digesting that food. And so when it's doing that, it can't go into other things like improved cognitive performance, where your brain is operating at a higher level because your brain's just involuntarily having to tell all of your organ systems to digest food. Okay, we gotta we have this food in, we need to move throughout our body. So um 
kind of with that, it goes into focus and concentration. So especially if you're in the type of work where you really need to be laser focused on what you're doing, I think that's going to be every line of work depends on what you do. But I know for me, being an entrepreneur, there are times when I, there are certain things that I have to do and have to be laser focused on. So if I'm in a state where I'm kind of groggy because I've just eaten or anything like that, uh, fasting, if you look at my performance, fasting versus that groggy state, two o'clock in the afternoon, having just eaten lunch, the amount of work that I'm going to get done and also quality work, not getting distracted by other people, emails, whatever going on versus the quality of work that I'd get having just eaten a meal. It's not even close. And it probably sounds like that when you're, you haven't really experimented a lot with fasting, that might not sound like the, uh, I mean, it, it kind of sounds far-fetched. You wouldn't say like, okay, there's not going to be that big of a difference, but I promise if you try it, there is a drastic, drastic difference. And again, that's been proven in study, studying after study. And another thing too, I mentioned this a little bit before is the, um, ability to process information. So if you look at the majority of the way our economy is going right now, and this can apply to if you're doing a manual labor job or a high, what would be considered like, I guess, white collar or something that takes more intellectual capacity than it does mental capacity, where you're probably sitting at a desk and doing something along those lines. Um, when, like I said, when your body's not wasting all this energy on digesting food, you can intake a lot more information and you're able to synthesize that out into whatever it is that you need for work. So whatever type of your job that you're doing. So if you look at our economy, when you break everything down, everything is information. And so what you get compensated for in terms of what you re receive money for, or however your job plays out in the economy, it's really your ability to process information and then repackage that information into something else that's valuable to other people. And when you're fasting, you can do that at a much higher level than a lot of other people probably can when they're dealing with insulin swings, all the different things throughout the day where they're worried about food and they get the, you know, what would be called hangry. You know, how much information are you able to process when you're hangry versus when you're in a fasted state and you're just laser focused on what you're doing? Another thing that is really important, and uh, I think it is still kind of in the scientific realm, there's a lot of work being done right now, but it's uh, the, the levels of what's called BDNF, so brain-derived neurotropic factor. And this is something that your brain stimulates when you're exercising and when you're doing various tasks. Um, and this, whatever this is in the brain, kind of goes hand in hand with all these different things, but also can prevent the decline of your brain into things like dementia, Alzheimer's, or whatever. And if you're younger, you're probably not worried about things like that, but it's something that we all need to be on guard because of all the toxins in the environment, all the toxins in the food that we're eating. So if you, I mean, I'm sure if you looked at a chart of where brain diseases like that are going in the future, it's only going up. So one of the most powerful tools that you can have against that is fasting because of all these benefits, but also because of the increased level of brain-derived nootropic factor. 
And again, you're going to get that from exercise, but I would, I mean, in my experience, seeing that and getting BDNF, you definitely hit this point, especially when you're doing an extended period fast where your BDNF goes up and then all of a sudden you kind of go in this creative realm. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot more going on there, but it's kind of getting into this space when your body has really had time to clean out. It's not worried about digestion or anything like that. And your brain kind of goes into hyperdrive. Things are able to move a lot slower for you. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, you can process more and it feels like it's slowing down as opposed to it feels like a lot of things are coming at you and that could be with work or whatever's going on in your life. So um, the, the BDNF is going to help with creativity and the ability to really focus in and kind of stay locked in on one thing. And I think you look at, you look at human, the past human culture and how fasting had has been a part of that. And we've kind of lost that in the last hundred years or so when we've kind of been told by food companies and everything that we need to be eating around the clock. But if you look at hunter gatherer cultures, they will go, especially males, very long time periods without eating. And, um, humans are, are meant like we, however we evolved, however we got here, in our past, there were much more periods of time where we had long times of period without eating and then even periods of feasting. So it's good to have kind of the yin and yang of going without this. And I think in order to explore the full capacity of our brains, fastening is an absolute must. And if you're the type of person in terms of this relating back to high performance, if you're the type of person that really wants to be able to use your brain. And like we, they always talk about how much of our brains do we actually use, like 5%, 10%. If you're trying to move that needle as far as you can from the five or 10% to 50% or 75%, you have to do fasting. Cause I don't, I think there's states of your brain that you can only get to from fasting. So that's kind of the mental side of it. Um, again, that's kind of some of the more scientific jargon, whatever. Um, and a little bit of my experience, but the, but uh, I wanted to move into more of the physical side of it. So the benefits, obviously, number one is going to be if you need to get body fat off of your body, which is the number one most important thing you can do to optimize your health, is get your body fat to the lowest level possible. And I'm not talking about low to the point of causing bad health, but you know, for males under 12%, females, I'm not sure what the number would be, probably under 18, per, like under 20, 18%, somewhere in that range. But either way, the number one thing you can do for your health is have a low level of body fat because of all the negative consequences that are going to come with having a, a high body fat. There's just toxins and everything that build up in your body. So no, the number one thing you can do, if you didn't change anything, if you didn't change your diet, if you didn't change your exercise, if you just reduced the feeding window for which you ate, you're immediately going to start seeing results. So 
Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a high performer. So that might not be something you struggle with. But if it is, if it's one of the areas of your life that you're always focused on, okay, man, like I got to lose some weight. Fasting is the number one way, hands down, to enhance that. Now, obviously, you want it to be a whole approach where you're looking at your diet, you're looking at your exercise, and you're incorporating fasting. But if you didn't change anything, it would be, I mean, the one, if you didn't change anything else, the one thing that you could do is reduce the amount of hours that you're actually have what would be called a feeding window. So whether that's starting off for you, if it's 12, if you're not eating 12, obviously that's a must. And then if you can go to 16 from there and then just start to build up. But um, obviously it's going to help with losing weight. So again, if you don't change anything else, at least try fasting and then see where that takes you. Um, Also, just hit some quick points. Fasting is going to lower the risk of stroke and cancer, obviously, because a lot has to do with autophagy and what that is. And I won't get too deep into the weeds on it, but basically think about autophagy is the ability for your cells to clean themselves and renew. So if your cells are constantly digesting food, they're not going to be able to clean themselves because there's no time to actually recover. So think about it just as if you were working out. If you worked out for 10 hours a day, every single day, you're going to kill yourself because there's no time for your muscles to actually recover. It's the same thing with fasting. You don't give your body extended period of time where it's not focused on digesting food, which is work for your body. You're expending energy to do so. Your cells aren't going to be able to clean themselves. So when you get, you, you have time for your cells to clean themselves, they go into a phase which is known as autophagy, which really they can't reach until it has been an extended period of fasting. So 18, 20, 24 hours. Um, so it's going to reduce risk of stroke and cancer, lower blood pressure, and obviously decrease the level of insulin and blood sugar. That's a given. If you go long periods of time without carbohydrates, your body starts to run on ketones, and that's kind of a process that you have to build up to. But, um, I mean, basically anything that you would say is important for your health, fasting is going to help with. And one thing that I think is really cool, and especially if you're – focused on being a high performer that fasting is going to help with, it's actually going to increase levels of growth hormone. And the longer that you go on your fast, the actually more that's going to increase. So if you're looking for something, a lot of them, there's a lot of misconceptions and the fitness world that you need to be eating around the clock. If you want more growth hormone to stimulate your muscles getting bigger, getting stronger, getting faster, Fasting is actually one of the most important things you can do because your body goes into a state where when it's fasting, it doesn't have food. And then when you do refeed, when you put food back into your body, your growth hormone is going to shoot up because it hasn't had food, it's had time to recover. The same way it would if you're training and you take a day off in between training, if you're maxing out, you're probably going to max out a little bit heavier on the next time when you've had rest as opposed to just doing it every single day. So I think that's something that's really cool that most people, even in the you know fitness high performance world, won't recognize is that you are going to increase naturally levels of growth hormone, testosterone, all that stuff. So if you're a female, you're probably not as worried as much about testosterone, but um, that's a different topic for a different podcast. Um, so One thing I want to talk about, and this will start to segue into my experience with fasting and everything, is 
alternate day fasting. So my strategy for fasting is not to do it every day. So a lot of people will do every single day, 16 hours fasting, eight hour window. And what can start to happen over time is your base metabolic rate is going to go down when you do the same amount of fasting every day. So it's really important to switch it up where you have one day where you're eating normal. And for me, those are my training days where I lift weights. And then also another day where you're fasting and you're resting, you're not training and your body's recovering. So what I do, and we'll start to go ahead and get into my experience with fasting and everything, is on days that I lift, I will lift like normal, lift in the mornings, and then eat just a regular day. So I eat breakfast, dinner, the whole nine yards. Then when days that I don't train, I just won't eat until dinner time. So I do a 24-hour fast between the dinner of the night before, and then I wait until the next day to eat dinner. And that's really important because you don't want to be training in a fasted state because your glycogen levels could be lower. And you do run the risk, especially if you're training pretty hard like I do, you run the risk of injury and just causing more harm to yourself if you're doing very strenuous exercise without replenishing your glycogen levels. So that's kind of my strategy for fasting is I will go one day where I train and whether you train in the afternoon or not, just eat, eat like normal, eat two to three meals like normal. And then on days that you're not lifting, just eat that one meal later at night. And even if you want to wait until breakfast the next day, that's a good strategy as well. Um, so I'll kind of give you, uh, on my fasting day, what that looks like and what would be acceptable during fasting. So what I do on uh, fasting days, I usually get up, do some yoga. So do some movement, even though I'm not lifting in the morning, I think it's really important for your body to regulate your circadian rhythm to just move in the morning, get exposed to sunlight, get outside and uh, get some blood flow, get lymph, your uh, lymphatic system going, get lymph fluid flowing through your body. And, um, then from there, uh, it's really important. It's not that you can't take supplements when you're fasting, but you got to make sure that there's no calories when you're fasting. So I do do my supplements in the morning. I'll have creatine. I will do a lot of people like coffee. I'm not as big of a coffee fan, so I do caffeine capsules, and I'll just put that in water. Um, so I take creatine, caffeine capsules, and I will do uh, acetyl in acetyl L carnitine, um, which is good. That helps stimulate brain, um, your kind of, kind of cognitive function. And again, all these are zero calorie. And, uh, another thing that I really like that is huge for fasting is, um, any type of carbonated water that doesn't have calories. So, um, if you look like San Pellegrino, Mountain Valley, any of those sparkling waters I'm drinking one right now, actually, what's pretty cool about those is they have minerals in them to help with hydration which is nice when you're fasting and i think there's something in the carbonation that really helps keep your stomach full so if you're having problem when you're if you're trying to really start fasting so you've never done it before and you're trying to get into doing fasting if you can just take caffeine in the morning so whether that's in the form of black coffee again you can do coffee but no additives whatsoever to it so you're going to do that and then also just have a couple bottles of carbonated water and whether like i said that's you can, there's a bunch of different brands pellegrino mountain valley um zevia is actually pretty cool as well if you've ever heard of that they have uh carbonated water with flavor in it and uh really tastes like soda but there's no calories 
in it. So what that helps with is kind of that desperate feeling you get when your body's probably transitioning into ketosis where you really want food. The carbonated water is going to help kind of fill your stomach up and make you feel like, not that you've eaten something, but uh, it kind of takes away that desperate feeling that you have when um, you really want food. So um, that's one of the more powerful tools. And really, once you get past the way I, this is, and this is my experience with fasting, is you might, if, if, you're, if you're not really that experienced with it, the 12-hour window, so say you're just normal, you eat like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 12-hour window, you're going to be really hungry, and it probably goes away. 15, it's like every three hours. And then the 15-hour window, you're probably going to start to get hungry again. And then after 30 minutes or an hour, it's going to go away. Then the next one is going to be the 18-hour window. And that's where, if you're not as experienced in fasting, that a lot of people get really desperate is the 18-hour window. And even me to this day, and I have, I mean, I do a 24-hour fast three times a week. Um, the 18-hour to, it's like somewhere in the 18, 19-hour range, your body's like, man, I really wish I had some food right now. But what happens is after that, boom. So once you start to hit in the, like 21, 22, 23 our window, you're really not even hungry anymore. And that's where a lot of these health benefits really start to kick in where you get the autophagy and everything. So um, again, that's easier said than done, but I did want to kind of give my experience with fasting so I have definitely not always been a faster whatsoever, but um, I knew I wanted to get into it. I knew it was the healthy thing to do. So originally, all I could do was make it 16 hours. So when I first started, 16 hours, I would make it to lunchtime, like 12 or 1 o'clock. Then I'd have some food that I would pack when I went to work, and then I would eat again at dinner. And so I would do that a couple times a week. So again, just on normal training days, I would eat like normal. And then the days that I didn't, that's what I would do. And then you start to do that for a few weeks and you're like, okay, this is easy. And then all of a sudden you get to that like 12 or one o'clock frame, And you're like, wow, this is, it's not even hard to wait for out, wait that long without food. So I said, okay, let's push it a little bit more. And I said, okay, I'm going to try to make it to like three o'clock, three or four o'clock in the afternoon without eating. So I started to do that a couple times and it actually got a little bit easier as I went along. So I would just pack a little snack for like three or four o'clock. And then um, from there, I would just eat a bigger meal at dinner time. And I said, okay, well, I'm starting to feel good, but I wanted to like really see how much I can push it. And all the research that I was doing was saying like a lot of the benefits, especially for males, don't kick in until like post at least 18 hours, but then that like 21 hour window to 24 hours, and we're gonna really, really start to see some health notes. So I said, okay, let me go ahead and I'm gonna try it one time if I can make it through. And um, I did it and it was it was pretty tough. I mean, it's tough to get to that 24 hour mark. But then once you do it, you do it and you like realize there's a discipline that comes from having to do that. And that discipline kind of ripples out throughout the rest of your life. And so I did that just one at a time. I would hit 24 hours on those non-training days. And then from there, got really easy to where it just became a habit. And so three times a week now on the days that I'm not lifting, I just make it to 24 hours. And I don't even really think about it. It's just kind of a thing where those days I get so much more done. And then when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. And I'm not even thinking about food throughout the day. And uh, one thing, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was getting to like a 48-hour 
fast or going two whole days without eating. Now, there's something really powerful about doing extended fast, like seven, two hour fast. When you get into that level, you really need to make sure that you've been practicing, especially leading up to it with doing longer fast. I wouldn't recommend just trying to jump in and do like a 72 hour fast to begin with. But um, after I got really good, and this took probably two years of just getting really good at doing 24 hour fast, I said, okay, well, let's try a 48 hour fast and see how that goes. So it's actually doing the 48 hour fast is a little bit easier than trying to build up to a 24 hour fast when you haven't been doing fasting whatsoever. But um, what happens on a 48 hour fast is a whole different level. So people will argue about all the time what you're supposed to eat or whatnot. I think if everybody would just do a, at least a 48 hour fast and see how their body responds, it's almost like a spiritual experience. So having that prolonged of a time without eating, and I don't know what's going on with your brain. It might be the release of GABA in your brain, but you become really introspective. So after you fast for the first day and then get up and start the second day, really don't notice anything. But I would say as you go through that second day, when you're getting into like the 36 hour to like 40, 41 hour window, it uh, you start to get really introspective. And then you, I don't know if it, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, it's definitely a lot of creativity comes out, but it's more of a um, kind of like introspective and really being in touch with your spiritual side, which I think, I mean, not to go too deep into that on this podcast, but with spirituality is component of every human. And in order to get in touch with that, there's certain physical states that your body has to be in in order to allow for spiritual experiences. And I think one of the easiest, you don't need drugs, you don't need anything like that, is just to not eat. And what happens, the chemical state in your brain allows you to be more in touch with that spiritual side and understand um, kind of the spiritual nature that you have for yourself. And really, like I talk about, I'm always asking, like, who am I, what I want to do? And you can't really do that if you're constantly in a cycle of eating and then you're just stuck and kind of everyone's agenda becomes your life. So like what all the other people around you want for you, it, it's easier to accept. But when you remove yourself from eating, all of a sudden you like it's easier to become the third party observer and understand, okay, who am I and what do I want for my life when you've removed that? And that's one of the few times that I've done 48-hour fast. One, just doing a 24-hour fast, you're going to be pretty in touch with that and easier when you want to do introspection and think about what you want for your own life. But what's really powerful is um, doing that 48-hour fast and seeing, okay, I have time to think now. And I think one of the most important things that's kind of lost in our society is we were always inundating ourselves with data is the ability to just remove yourself and think. And one of the most powerful tools in order to get your brain to a state where that's easier, so setting yourself up to be able to do that, is um, is to fast. And so doing those, and especially those longer fasts. So I think in order to... If you really want to, you're you're trying to set goals for your life, you're trying to set your life up so that you have what you want, whether that's health, wealth, amazing relationships, anything like that. Fasting is going to be one of the most important tools. And I think 
those times where you can do longer fast, you don't necessarily want to be doing a longer fast like that if you're really busy with work or you've got a lot going on, but if you have time that you want to take away for yourself and really plan what kind of future do I want to create for myself, it's doing those longer fasts. And um, I can't necessarily verbalize all the science of it, but I know just from personal experience, um, I wouldn't say you start to hallucinate, but you do start to get really in touch with what you want to do. And um, it's eventually one of the reasons why I started this podcast. So anyway, I hope that helps. I hope I didn't ramble too much and um, hopefully it gives you a little bit better experience of what fasting is, how it works and everything. Um, so that's pretty much it for today. Like I said, I hope this was helpful. And um, if you have any feedback, again, if you're listening to this, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much. I extend my sincerest gratitude to you again. If, Like I said, if one person even listens to this and it helps change them to me, that's a win because uh, I just want to give back to all the people that have made my life special. But um, if there's any feedback you have or anything you'd like for me to talk about, again, it will be all in the notes how to reach out and everything. So from there, um, we'll move on and uh, best of luck with everything and I'll talk to you soon. See ya.